So on uh, Long Beach Road, if you're heading north, kind of over near Coles, there's an intersection with a light, and it has one of those speed cameras. I think I probably pumped $400 into that um, over since I've lived in Long Beach. It's crazy uh, how many times I've gotten the lights gone on. Um, I kind of, it's kind of enraging. It happened to me recently. Uh, I'm, I swear that they've shortened the yellow light. It's, it's yellow for like a second, and then boom, it goes right to, right to red. Um, it's just very frustrating. It's, uh, you got nobody to argue it with, or even to, to, to talk to about Like if a police officer stops you, you know, sometimes there is an explanation. Sometimes you, you can say, hey, you know, this is why I was doing this. You know, usually it doesn't work, but sometimes it does. But in this case, there's no conversation. There's no explanation even allowed. You get the six weeks later and you, and you get the thing in the mail saying, you know, you went with the little picture saying you went through it. It's just, um, it's just so definitive. It's so black and white. And I know, you know, you're probably saying, well, if you just stop at the yellow light, then you're not going to have an issue. I know. I mean, ultimately, that's, I don't know. I guess that really is the moral of the story. But I just don't. Sometimes there is gray. Sometimes in life, isn't there? It's not always black and white. Sometimes it is. I'd say a lot of times it is. But not always. Sometimes there are circumstances. Sometimes the explanation does help. Anyway, I just find it very annoying and, and very expensive in my case, that camera thing. Um, I think the church used to be a lot like that in some respects. It was very definitive, very black and white. Very little gray. And I, in a lot of ways, we still are. And I'd say sort of with, with no apology. But you do need some gray. And it can't always be black and white. Gray is real, too. I mean, well, listen to this. This was written by a, a priest who grew up sort of in the old, old church. He said, my adolescent Catholic world of the 1950s was very simple. Avoid committing a mortal sin at all costs. And my world was loaded with landmines that my high school religion teachers assured me were mortal sins. Step on one and be instantly separated from the state of grace and be plunged into the horror of being separated from God. And worse, should I die without confessing a mortal sin to a priest, I'd be condemned to hell for eternity. He says, I'm old enough to remember when it was a mortal sin to eat meat on Fridays. Fasting and abstinence had long been held to be important tools to maintaining their discipline required for living in what was called a state of grace. So, the faithful were instructed under the pain of mortal sin to abstain from meat on Friday, which was the day of our Lord's passion and death. Shortly after Vatican II in the 1960s, eating meat on Friday was no longer considered 
a mortal sin, although fasting and abstinence remained honored practices. Well, that was before my time. I mean, I'm, I was more 70s, 70s, really. I mean, those of you who grew up in that church, how many of you would say that that was a, a pretty accurate description, maybe by a show of hands? Yeah? Um, and I guess we probably depended a little bit on the church you went to, maybe at a certain time, the, the school maybe that you went to, but that does seem to be the way it was. So... In 1960, if I ate meat, intentionally ate meat on a Friday, and then I got in a car accident on my way home from the restaurant, and I hadn't gotten to confession between the restaurant and the car accident, the belief was, the teaching was, that I was going to hell. I could have been a good person. I could have been a faithful person. I could have been a, a good husband and father and son, honest at work, a good neighbor. But in that one moment, I'm over at Jimmy Hayes and I order a steak on a Friday night. And it's all over. Now you fast forward 10 years, now it's 1970, and the rule has changed. So now that steak is okay on a Friday. I mean, wasn't that kind of ridiculous in a way? Um, wasn't that just, I think, too simplistic, too definitive? I mean, it's not math. Our relationship with God, it's not an equation. It's not one plus one equals two. And, and you know, fasting, sacrifice, absolutely a good thing. I'd say an essential thing for good faith and for a good life. Public expression of your Catholic identity. It's a Friday, I'm out in a restaurant. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna order something else. You know, it's because I'm a Catholic. You didn't get up and proclaim that, but people, maybe they knew it because you didn't order the steak. That was a good thing, I think. Identity. And we've lost that since 1970, pretty much, haven't we? All of that is gone, and that's not a good thing. So I'm not, making, I'm not making fun of or making little of the old days, I'm, but I am critiquing an aspect of it. But I'll also say this, we have lost a lot since 1970. Talk to a kid about sin today. Talk to a 30-year-old about sin today, and they'll, they, they don't even know what you're talking about. That's not good. In that realm, we're not better today than we were yesterday. I think we're worse. And it did keep people, I think, more in line in those days. It was a kind of a fear-driven thing. 
I was afraid of going to hell. That would keep me from, it kept me more or less, more often following the rules. It's like the, it's like the, the camera light. I mean, I, I have to follow that. I have to obey that or I'm gonna be punished like I was the other night. So some of that's, well, if it keeps us in line, that's a good thing too. But I just don't think we can put all of that on God. God's just not that simple. God's not a mathematician. You do this, you get that. This plus this times that divided by that equals that. That's just not, I think, the way God is. And if you look at this parable, I think you see that. A father had two sons. He says, go to work in my vineyard. Go to work. He says, no. And, he's, and for a while, he says, no. How long? How long? It didn't say, well, he said no for an hour, and then he went to work. Maybe he said no for like a couple of years. Maybe a whole piece of his life was like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not obeying you. I'm not going to do what I know I should do. But then eventually he does. He said no, but eventually he did yes. And he's redeemed. He's given a second shot. Because God's a little bit more gray than he is black and white, I think. The religious leaders of the time of Jesus, and I probably all sort of always religious religion has been more black and white, and maybe more often, very often more than it should be. And again, for the third or fourth time, yeah, there is black and white. And I, you know, it's a scary place when we walk around saying there is none. That's how I think civilizations implode. So you gotta have objective truth. There's gotta be black and white, but there's also gotta be gray. There's gotta be room for second chances. That's why he told this parable. And he's like, look at, look at the people I got following to the religious people. Look at who I got following me now. Look at their resume. These three over here, they used to be prostitutes, but they're not anymore. And these over here, they were ripping people off because they were tax collectors, but they're not doing that anymore. Was that a part of their past? Yes. Did they say no earlier on in their life? You bet they did. But then they turned it around and they made it right. And I think it requires a little bit of gray in order for that to happen. To work with people, to get them to where you want them to be. They may not be here today, but if I don't walk away from them, I'll get them to where they need to be. Maybe tomorrow or the next day. You know, the, uh, the governor of uh, Virginia, his name is uh, Ralph Northam. About two years ago, he was, you probably remember this, he was in the news, actually, for a couple of times, very, a couple of events very close to each other. Before poli- he got into politics, he, was a, uh, he practiced medicine. He was a pediatrician. And uh, about two years ago, this picture emerged. Uh, I guess it was his medical school yearbook. And uh, he's a student, and he's at a party in this picture. They're at a pro- look, Halloween party, I guess, because people are in costumes. And he was in blackface. 
actually, we're not even sure. There was, there was in the picture, there was a guy in blackface, and then right next to him is a guy in a KKK robe. And we're not really quite sure. He's one of the two. We never really got an answer. Does it really matter which one he is? Um, they were both tasteless, kind of gross. But it was also 35 years ago. I mean, he was in his 20s. It was 35 years ago. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't yesterday. Do we factor that in at all? I mean, everybody said, he's finished. He's done. Like, everybody was calling on him to resign. But he didn't. He's still governor. He didn't step down. And most people say they know why he's still there and why he didn't step down. Because they just say there's no way he's a racist. If you look at his voting record, I mean, it's the opposite of what a racist would promote. Apparently, he's the member of an almost all-black Baptist church. Like, he's not the guy in the picture. He did something really stupid 35 years ago. Should he be finished because of that? Should he be canceled because of that? I think this parable says, no, probably not. I'm more interested in today than yesterday. That's what he was saying anyway, Jesus. It's like, don't judge a whole life based on a page or even a chapter or even a couple of chapters in the book. Like, read the whole book. Look at the whole life, especially the ending. He was also in the news, though, um, that governor, right around that time, I think it was about a month apart, he was doing a, a radio interview in uh, Virginia, and he was being asked about this legislation that he was supporting, which allowed for abortion, totally allowed for it. Nine months. In the ninth month, the abortion was okay. Actually, worse than that, during labor, it, could be okay, it would be okay. Actually, worse than that, this is really where he got in trouble because he was questioned on it, and he didn't... It was so awful. Like, he, could, he was struggling to explain it. Like, if, if a baby survived, then it would be up to the doctor and the mother to decide what happens to this alive baby. Like, we call that infanticide. And that's the law. I mean, isn't that almost like demonic? <laughs> Maybe that's why he, he had trouble verbalizing it. He, couldn't, he didn't even want to s allow those words to come from his mouth. However, he's supporting it. Well, that I think we should judge. That wasn't 35 years ago. He wasn't a stupid kid at a drunken party. That was two years ago. That's today. 
That's now. That, I think, we need to cancel. Not every dumb thing we've ever done. And, I mean, man, if, if that's the case, aren't almost all of us in trouble? Every stupid thing you ever did or said, things that you used to laugh at that you wouldn't laugh at today. It says it in the psalm. It says, Rem- Remember not the sins of my youth. That pretty much says it. God, please don't remember the dumb things I did as a kid. But how about now? What am I doing now? Like, I can't do anything about yesterday. But I can about now. I don't know, is there somebody maybe that you know that you really kind of have canceled (laughs) because of something, and I'm not making little of what they did, but it was a long time ago. They just may not be the same person. I mean, if what they did years ago, they're still doing now, all right, different story, different story. But is it about yesterday or today? A man had two sons. One said no and did yes. The other said yes and did no. So let's say yes and do yes.